Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and today's episode is another re-release of a podcast I did before I was actually podcasting. In 2018, my friend Sol Carlos joined me to talk about the 2009 Disney version of A Christmas Carol starring Jim Carrey. I'm going to leave that episode basically intact as it was back then, so if you're watching the video version, enjoy looking at all the outdated graphics that I no longer use. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Christmas Carol Countdown. Today I'm joined by my friend Sol, and we are talking about the 2009 Disney version starring Jim Carrey. This film was made by Robert Zemeckis, one of the pioneers of the motion capture art form, which was the animation technique used to make this film. I'm not the hugest fan of the results of a lot of motion capture, especially when it's the main filmmaking technique used, but it's not terrible and it has been used to great effect in many films. Here the results are fine, but we had some issues with it, which we'll get into in our discussion, namely the many, many, many uses of the in-your-face 3D animation, specifically made for watching in 3D, which neither of us did. However, despite my misgivings about some of the stylistic choices in this movie, I will say that Script-wise, it's actually one of the most faithful versions that has ever been made, with a huge number of lines taken directly from the book, and some scenes are just about word for word the same. Before we get into the discussion, I just wanted to let you know that in the interest of time, I'm editing this basically two days before Christmas, we're going to do another podcast-style review. Sol and I had a great discussion, and I didn't really want to cut anything out, so we're just keeping everything and putting it out as is. Plus, I still have two more episodes to finish, and I have a feeling that at least one of them will be after Christmas already. Anyway, let's get on to the main event, my discussion with Soul on Disney's A Christmas Carol. The reason I wanted to do this one with you is because back in July, when I was doing Christmas in July, you had suggested this one as a video we do together. Mm-hmm. So, what made you want to do this one? Well... Actually, I thought you were talking about the Mickey Mouse version. I wondered when you sent me that that message last night. And then I was like, oh, it's a Jim Carrey one. Well, even better, because I've never seen that one. So it worked out for the best. Okay. So you'd never seen this one before. I I think I had seen it once years and years ago. I had forgotten pretty much everything. So Yeah, I remember it was was in theaters, but like the trailers looked too scary for me when it came out or too creepy and I was like "Mm, I don't know if I'm into that so I kind of like skipped it and so I watched it for the first time last night okay so what did you think of it well first things first I'm gonna mention this is I'm currently on a Christmas Carol the musical so this movie it's really hitting me home because like we only have three performances left so I was emotional watching this film and so I'm, there's going to be things I'm going to be comparing to the show I'm in because I'm very familiar with the story now. And I did enjoy the film, but I think there was a lot of little problems. Yeah. That's my that overall. Like it wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I, th- I think I felt the same way. I liked a lot of it, but there was a lot of it that I wish had been done different or done better. Yeah. So, what did you think of the technique of motion capture? Okay. So, the only time I've ever liked motion capture was on Tintin. Because what I did like in Tintin was that, yes, the movements were realistic, but the faces were still cartoony. I feel like in motion capture, it just goes 
from a point where they want to be too realistic, where it looks so creepy, like especially the kids, their mouth, there's something very weird about it and, and a bit disturbing at times. I feel like it almost, I was watching like a Barbie movie at times because it felt so not real times, but at the same time too realistic. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think I felt the same way. It just, motion capture, the way they do it usually just feels kind of off. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel real enough, and I know they're going for like hyper realism. Yeah, but it it doesn't work very well for me. No, especially the mouth. The only mouth I think worked was Scrooge's mouth, but everyone else's like mouth, especially the kids, were so creepy looking. I feel like I was watching, I don't know, Alien. <laughs> it was very strange and uncomfortable. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna get used to it. I never got used to it. Yeah, I think I kind of got used to it enough by the end, but like at the beginning, it was all I could think about. It was just, Mm -hmm. it's like, I wish they could have either done this as straight animation, right? Or even even just doing the backgrounds as CG and then having real people. I think I would have liked that a lot better. I agree. There was a lot of sequences in this where you couldn't do that in live action. So I understand why they wanted to do it as a CG film, but it, I think it would have been improved so much more if they'd actually had actual people playing. I'm just parts. so surprised because like Disney by this time had seen what, you know, the Polar Express was a flop and all this motion capture films have been a flop. So it's like, why would they risk it? And they know their normal animation is usually a success. So why are you risking it like that? That really surprised me of Disney to go into. I mean, I do appreciate risks, but that one is like, it hasn't worked in the past. <laughs> so why are you trying it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like an odd choice. Also, I'm kind of excited as we're talking about this film because I actually watched The Grinch for the first time recently and it was Jim Carrey. And this time he's also Jim Carrey. So I was like, I want a Jim Carrey marathon right now. So and people have said that the Grinch is basically the same story as a Christmas Carol. So he's, he's playing very similar characters. <laughs> That's true. It's just one is a lot more over the top and ridiculous than this. One. Oh yeah. If I ever talk about the Grinch, I should talk about it with you because it's very controversial to like that. Movie. Yeah. The the Jim Carrey one or the new one? The Jim Carrey one. Oh, but I watched the, that one for the first time this year, so. I mean, they both are controversial in their mm-hmm. own way, but that'll be a discussion for another, so, another video. I have a question for you, because I'm currently in the musical, and the music, it's from Alan Menken, you know, the guy who did all these Disney classics, okay. and as I was watching this film, I was like, man, this would have worked so much better as a musical. Like, Disney is famous for doing musicals like this. I know there's some little caroling every now and then they sing a little Mm -hmm. bit but it's not like i'm singing my emotions and scrooge's journey is so intense so i think with having music it would like there were so many moments in the film where i was like i'm not getting any emotion at all and i feel like if they had Mm -hmm. music it would really um deepen the emotions and i don't know it would have been a big complaint i saw online was a lot of parents were saying this is too scary for kids which i totally agree and i feel like if it was a musical it would have lightened it up a little bit i don't know that music would have helped the jacob marley scene because that was like (laughs) 
I was shocked at how disturbing that was. Yeah, the, the jaw part? Uh, oh my yeah, god. That was awful. I hated that. <laughs> yeah, and um, in the musical, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm referring too much to it, but the that scene with Marley super cool, cool, it's called Link by Link, the song, and actually one of the dialogues in the movie, he goes, Link by Link. And I think if he had sang a song, it would have been less scary for kids, you know, because he just goes, Whoa. and let's talk about Marley a little bit, because I did not like his design at all. His face, I don't know, I just, I, I didn't like his, his design. It, it just felt too simple. Like, someone just like, okay, let's create someone like last minute. I, I don't feel those like a, a detail looked personally. I didn't like a whole lot of the designs in this movie. They were, mm -hmm. they were weird. And I don't know if that was because it was motion capture or what, but everything just felt like, slightly wrong like not completely yeah. wrong but just slightly wrong wrong enough that I was like I can't like this I mean mm -hmm. I don't dislike it but I can't like it you know what I mean yeah especially with the the ghost of Christmas past I was not a fan at all first of all his voice sounded like Voldemort it's like <laughs> No, all the other Christmas Carol versions I've seen, they're like, the Christmas past is like the cheery one. It's really played by like a kid. It's very like happy. And, mm -hmm. and you have this like Voldemortish. And then like the figure, like his face was like not connected. It just felt very cheap looking. Was it just me who thought that? I think they were going more, they were trying to be a lot more book accurate than mm, most okay. versions because the book kind of describes past as... I don't think that it describes them as a candle, but like on his head is a light like a candle. Like so I think weird. they were, I think they were trying to go for something in that vein and then they went just like straight candle mm -hmm. and it was really weird. Did you notice that Jim Carrey played like all of the ghosts and Scrooge? Did he really? Yes. And he he did a good job in differentiating the voices because yeah. they were so different. And past was like super creepy and like as far as from Scrooge as you could get. Mm -hmm. But that was one thing that I kind of liked and didn't like at the same time because I liked that they were able to show Jim Carrey's range in that way. Right. Playing all these completely different characters. But at the same time, I was like, I kind of wish they would have had some other actors in here playing these characters. Yeah, I was looking at the IMDb page, and I, I, I remember reading that there's a very small cast, and a lot of them play many, multiple roles, but I didn't know mm -hmm. about that. And what is with motion capture? Like, the Polar Express had Tom Hanks play, like, I don't know, 10 characters or something like that. What is it that they... I think it's more the director because I think the director is the same. I think it's really? the same director. Huh. Robert Zemeckis, I think. I think he did both films. So maybe that's just a thing with him where he likes using one person multiple times. And I have a question. How many Christmas Carol versions have you seen? Have you read the book? Like, I, if, I, I feel like I have read the book, but it was years and years ago probably mm -hmm. when I was a kid so I don't remember much of it last night I was watching a version with my with my cousin and we she had the book so she went and got it we were like cross cross-referencing things figuring mm -hmm. out 
how accurate different things were because we were remembering right. different things that had happened and trying to figure out like was this from the book or was this referencing one of the other versions right but i don't know how many versions i've seen i've seen a lot <laughs> I, only... I think, yeah no, go ahead i think i watched nine versions last wow. year and this year i think i've done five so far <laughs> i'm not sure and i'm probably gonna try and do at least six wow we'll see um we'll see what i have time for i i i'm really busy so i don't know if i'm gonna right. have time to edit all so these things what is it that you think that there's so many retellings of this story after like it's been like 150 years from the original novel like what is it do you think that makes this so easy for people to want to re-watch in different versions i haven't thought about that a lot but i think part of it probably is the fact that the characters are so iconic mm -hmm. that lots of different actors want a chance to be able to play these characters right and the story is one that's really familiar and at least for me i i know everybody hates remakes but mm -hmm. i like seeing how different people put different spins on the same story i agree so i think there must be other people out there like that and they want to try their hand at taking a classic story and putting a new spin on it yeah i think i agree with you like i think it's such a timeless story that also a bit universal you know mm -hmm. and I just think the message is so powerful that yeah. it's never too late to change. It's just such a wholesome story. And I, and like you said, it's a classic, but I, I do think the message is super strong and a lot mm -hmm. of people, especially this time of the year, they want to see something like that. So I think that's why there's so many remakes and things like that. Mm -hmm. The message, I think it's probably all of those things because like you said, it has a great message the themes of redemption are something that I think most people would connect to. Right. Plus all the things that I mentioned, I think it's probably a combination of all these different things for different people is why it keeps getting remade. But that's fine with me because I like, I like, I like remakes just, just as long as it's not like a shot for shot remake of something else. For sure. Which is like the main criticism against a certain company's remakes these days. Yeah, like the Lion King one. Yes. Just as long as somebody is putting a new spin on something, that's what I like to see. I agree. I still haven't seen the Muppets one. I, I hear that one's a good one. <laughs> that one that one is probably my absolute favorite. Wow. Like of all the different versions I've seen, the Muppets one is the one that I would instantly rewatch. like most of these they're good they're fine i don't know how quickly i would come back to them and watch them over again mm -hmm. the muppet one i'd rewatch that one in a heartbeat it's so good oh, that a... one is actually a musical too so you would probably like that mm -hmm. like and you mentioned that your play is a musical i don't think that there has been like a straight musical at least that i've seen Mm -hmm. Maybe there is that I haven't discovered yet, but it sounds like yours would be a good candidate to be made by Disney, especially since Alan Menken is doing the Yeah, I, I, 
I 100% agree. Like the music is literally element, and there's little parts of the musical where you hear like Pocahontas a little bit in the soundtrack, and a little bit of Beauty and the Beast. Like you can really tell it's the same guy who has written all these songs, and yeah, it's like it is a bit scary at times, but it's still in a way that it's not that scary for kids, and I think really would work. And what I'm really surprised is that the musical came out I think in 2006, the one I'm in. And this movie came out in 2009. So this music was already out. So I'm confused why Disney is like, oh, we already have the music from this dude who every time releases a movie with us gets millions. Why not using his music for this? I just don't see, understand why Disney didn't get that chance. But I think it would be absolutely amazing if they ever decide to do it with the music. I think it would yeah. be a, a big hit. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I wish I could go see Airplay. It's you know, a little too far away, but <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I think it would. I I really like the idea of a musical version of this, especially one done by Alan Menken. Mm-hmm. So I hope that somebody someday decides to take this script and these songs and turn it into a movie, because yeah. I would see that in a heartbeat. I agree. Um, I have a question for you. I have it here. Let me see. Um. So we were talking about a little bit about the animation, right, earlier. Mm-hmm. And young Scrooge, when he's a teen, he looks so old. It's like, <laughs> I was like, he's not a teen. He looks like an old man. That was so weird to me. Like, that, this, that style choice, was it just me who saw that? I didn't really pay much attention. But mm. they were probably trying to go for somebody who looked like the older version of Scrooge and maybe they just lean too heavily into the design of Scrooge yeah he's old I don't know and something I also noticed in that scene um something I do like about the show I mean so much is that you see why Ebenezer Scrooge becomes greedy because in the musical um his dad was taken away uh, from not paying in, uh, paying some mortgages or taxes, whatever. So he was taken away. And so he tells Ebenezer, save your pennies, save your pennies. And it's a very traumatic moment. And so from then, you see him working on a factory. And so the guy is paying him. And it's like, I know you can go spend something. He's like, no, I'm saving my pennies. So you understand why he becomes greedy. Like He has this traumatic past. And in this film, I didn't really understand why he becomes greedy because when he see you see him as a teen he's just abandoned I guess by his dad but that's not really an explanation to why he has this need of keeping his money to himself that's something that did not make sense for me it's like why showing this scene yeah he had a sad lonely life but that I wish we had seen a reason for him becoming this greedy man I'm not sure how much like I said, it's been so long since I've read the book, so I'm not sure how much of this is from the book and how much of this is things that have been absorbed by the different retellings. Right. Most versions have it that when he was going to marry Belle, he didn't want to marry her until he could provide for her financially because she also came from a poor family. And, like, together they had basically nothing. Mm -hmm. So... That was where usually the different versions say that his greed stemmed from. It started as him trying to earn enough money for the wedding or to be able to provide for her in the future and just spiraled into him only caring about money because she has that one iconic line, another idol has replaced me. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's usually the explanation for his greed. Okay. But I have no problems with somebody giving even more backstory. I like the sound of the one you're talking about in your play. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that would also make for a good movie too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we also have the scene of him being greedy about the wedding and all, and then when she leaves him. So that's also similar to this version, but we have this little extra thing that explains mm-hmm. a little bit more. And I feel like that would have been better. Also, um, since we're talking about this past little moments, the Fessiwig dance is like they try at times to be realistic, but then you have the Fessiwigs almost flying while they're dancing. I noticed that too. And that felt very odd to me because like they're going to this hyper-realistic look and then you're having mm. this something that is not realistic at all. So I thought that was a very weird choice. There's a lot of that kind of thing. And I think that has to do with the fact that this movie was made in and for 3D. Mm-hmm. because it was marketed as a 3D film and it was, as far as I know, it was the first 3D Blu-ray that was released on the same day as the original film because usually they would release the film and then wait a while and then release right. the Blu-ray. This was released on the same day. So this was like, I think this was one of Disney's big push towards 3D, which I think that they have since realized is not, not really worth <laughs> pursuing as heavily as they were back then. But there were so many sequences in this film that really felt like they were leaning heavily on the 3D, that the dancing mm-hmm. Fezziwig or whoever it was jumping like at the camera. And then later there was like these random action sequences that were definitely not in the book. But yeah. I mean, they made them make sense within the context of the story, but you could tell that they were made to show off 3D. Yeah, like, things were flying at the camera. There was things like the way that the backgrounds would like zoom away and then zoom forward again mm-hmm. it's just it was made for 3d and it's heavily apparent when you're watching and it's like it just feels weird when you're not watching it in 3d it was like this is so unnecessary yeah no i t- now that makes so much sense like all the flying he does around with that rocket thing mm-hmm. that happens that makes a lot of sense like watching this like in my normal screen but i, I understand if you watch it in 3D, it's more exciting, I guess. Um, speaking of the past stuff that we were talking about, this the past segment of the film, uh, there's this one line that I really, really liked, because I know I've been saying negative stuff, but there's this one thing I really liked, when he says, um, so the ghost is like, oh, do you remember this place? And, and Scrooge says, I could walk it blindfolded. Mm-hmm. I don't know, something the way he delivered that line was very lovely to me. Like it, it felt very sweet. And I, I, I liked that moment. I mm-hmm. wanted to see something positive. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of those, I think that's another iconic line. Cause I've heard that in multiple versions. Oh really? But I think the way he delivered that line, the way Jim Carrey did delivered a lot of lines really well. Yeah. I think he was a good choice for Scrooge. I agree. Some, the only thing I didn't think was a good choice was the way he was like very Jim Carrey in some of his mannerisms. Yeah. Like the way he would do this with his fingers mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. That just felt like the Grinch or something. <laughs> I agree. At, at times I was like, oh, this is Jim Carrey. It's not just Yeah. Scrooge. It's very obvious it was Jim Carrey when he was doing the little Jim Carrey movements or whatever. But mm-hmm. other than that, like his delivery of the lines was great. His accent was good. Like a lot of people can't pull off a good British accent and make it believable. 
but I, I think he did a great job. My only problem with Scrooge, I, I think it's like, he looked too old, in my opinion, to the point it's like, yeah, he's changing it, but he's really going to die like next year. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, does he really need redemption now? He's about to die. I, I don't know. I just wish he was a bit younger, because then, I don't know, he could make a bigger impact, I guess. I just felt he was too old. He looked like he's, like any moment, like, a, a, I don't know, he looked too fragile. And from the moment you see him in the beginning and says seven years later, he looks the same. It's probably, he may not be as old as he looks, just his greed and the fact that he, like, never goes outside <laughs> maybe has just withered him. <laughs> maybe, that's true. Who knows? I just was like, he's about to die. I mean, <laughs> why wasting all this time with the ghost? <laughs> but it's oh well. too late for redemption. <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> Uh, speaking of old people and like creepy, like that first scene where the movie starts with Marley all dead, it's like that's a strange way of starting. I didn't film. like that scene. I didn't. That like was that a bit disturbing, and I was like, I get it because it shows how he how greedy he is that he like steal this stuff from even his own friend, whatever. But it just felt a bit too much to start. You know, like it felt too creepy. The way he was acting in that scene, the way the scene was shot and just drawn out, it was mm-hmm. like extended camera shots of like him like holding out his hand, <laughs> wanting money, and then like why why did you need to draw this out? Like you could have done the same scene much quicker. Mm-hmm. You could have cut the time in half or maybe even a quarter of this time. It was just it was so long and uncomfortable, and maybe that's what they were going for, but I didn't like that scene at all. Yeah, no, it was very... Now I understand why parents would be like, I don't want to take my kid to see that, because that was... Yeah, I feel like even though this was branded Disney, and Disney doesn't brand things as Disney unless it's going to be like a family thing. Yeah. I feel like this wasn't really a family movie. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a couple sequences kids would like but for the most part this felt like a telling for adults yeah especially with the want and need moment uh what oh, those yeah, little creatures funny. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i and then i didn't know this because in our version the christmas present doesn't die but i don't understand why did christmas present die in this version i was a bit confused by that i don't know and i don't i don't feel like i've seen that in any other version either. okay because i didn't know if that was the original thing or not because i haven't read the original one yeah i need to look it up again I, I need to read the story again right but i i feel like if that was from the book most versions cut it out <laughs> but yeah it was it felt weird and it's probably mm-hmm. and even if it is in the book it probably felt weird because no other version has done it so far mm-hmm but yeah, it was a very strange scene. Especially because he's so jolly and happy. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, in our musical, we have the want and need scene a little bit, but it's like it finishes real quick. There's no dramatic skeleton. Yeah, it's, and... never, it's never a long scene in the version. Right. Like want and need were there for quite a while in this version. And then they yeah. like, grew up, which I've never seen in any other version. Yeah, did you see the, the lady then getting all tied up? And like, yeah, oh, I was like, what is it. happening? It was very bizarre. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Christmas present, what did you think of that scene? Because, like, 
I did like him a lot. He was very funny, all that stuff, but I didn't like how it felt like they were watching the screen. I feel like it, I, I would have liked it more if he was also flying around. I know he does that like after a moment, but like at the beginning where he's just looking at the floor, it just felt too cheap for me. It was an interesting choice, but I have a feeling that it was a choice made to show 3D again. Mm. Because, like, there was the stretching effect between the floor and what they were looking at, and just the fact that they were, like, over them. I'm I'm pretty sure that they did that because it was a way to show off 3D again. Like, there were right. so many choices in this that were made, you could tell specifically because it was going to be a 3D film. Right. And I think that's one that wouldn't have been that if it wasn't going to be 3D. Hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. But um, what I did like in that... Oh, no, that's in the future. I got it confused. Well, we can talk about it a little bit in the future unless you want to say anything about Christmas present. For the most part, present was fine and kind of forgettable. Yeah. What was he talking about his siblings? I was confused about that part. That's. I think that's from the book, too, because I've heard that in other versions, and I'm not really sure what exactly it's supposed to mean. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you have, like, a thousand siblings? I, did I zone out at one moment or something? Yeah, I I think it's just one of those things where they were trying to be really accurate to the book. Like, Mm -hmm. in some ways, this movie was extremely accurate to the book, and in other ways, very Uh, bizarre and not accurate. But that was one that I think they were copying a line directly from the book, and it's not one that I fully understand. Like, I'm not sure how ghosts and spirits work in this world, because some are so, so completely different than others. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that the mythology is meant to be dissected and fully understood. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of the future one, I did like how it was a shadow. I like the hand mm-hmm. thing. I just didn't like how Scrooge becomes small and he sounds like this. And it's that like, was it takes another that, so bizarre choice. It takes the drama and the, the, the seriousness of the moment because he sounds like a little like, like a kid almost. And it's like, it just feels like it it takes out from the moment i feel like i have a feeling that again this is another one that was made to show off 3d because when he becomes (gasps) tiny it was because there was going to be this huge action sequence through the streets and with the rat and the bottle and the horses Mm -hmm. and i think that the only reason he became tiny was because it was a good way to show off 3d that sucks the fact that they do something just for spectacle rather than story. Not a fan of that. If yeah. it had helped the story, fine. But I completely agree with you, and it felt like filler. It's like I actually skipped that part. My computer's like, I don't, I don't care about this. Show me the good stuff. Um, I did really like the scene with um, Cratchit uh, when he goes. You know, he's talking to his family about how Tiny Tim passed away, and he stops at the stairs and he's kind of like looking at Scrooge. And then goes to his room and he just starts crying. I feel like the way he was shot was very beautiful. I did like that moment. Yeah, I I usually like any scene with in any version with the Cratchits. They're usually done really well. Yeah. Like I in in my review of the new Grinch, I talked about Cindy Lou Who. Mm-hmm. And it Rachel was talking about how she was kind of like the tiny Tim character and you were supposed to feel the same way with her. Mm. And I didn't. I thought she was annoying. But I never feel like that with Tiny Tim. Right, no. And I'm not sure if that's because he doesn't get as much screen time as Cindy Lou Who did because she fills up a lot of that movie. But he just, 
he and his whole family just feel so much more genuine. Yeah. And I, even in versions that I don't really care for, I usually like the Cratchits. And yeah. I usually like Tiny Tim. So this is this one is no exception. I liked the Cratchits. I wish we had seen more Tiny Tim. Like, again, I'm so sorry I keep referring to my musical. But we see a lot of Tiny Tim in the musical. Um, and you get to feel more sorry for him when you find out he passed away. And this one, this is also like something I didn't like about this film. It felt like it was rushing. It felt very, although, like when I was watching, I rented it. It's like, oh, an hour and 30 minutes. That's it? And I felt like it was going really, how to say, each ghost was very like quick, 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 because we got to show all this other stuff we actually don't need. And it's like, and at the same time, I felt like I was bored at the same time. I felt the same way. It felt simultaneously too long and too short. <laughs> exactly. Because like there were so many things that I wish we had seen, but the pacing of the stuff that we saw was weird. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I th- part of me still thinks it comes back to they were trying to fit in all those 3D sequences. If they had cut those sequences, I think it would have helped the pacing so much because there was yeah. so many times where the story just kind of stopped for a big action piece mm-hmm. and you didn't need that like the scene no. with the i don't know what the scene is called but where they're like going through his things and i think her name is mrs dilber is like trying yeah. to throw off his bed clothes and everything mm-hmm. that sequence needs to like move straight on to the next scene with the next people talking about him being dead instead mm-hmm. they start bashing at a giant rat that's hovering behind Scrooge and then he's running through the streets and there's these demon horses chasing him and it's just like why yeah (laughs) the story didn't need this Mm -mm. but again like I'm sure it would have been amazing in 3d but I'm watching this on my computer not not on a giant 3d television or 3d Mm -hmm. movie theater it's like it you when you make a 3d film you need to be conscious of the fact that for the vast majority of people, we're not going to be watching it in 3D. Like we might watch it in 3D once at a theater, but you need to incorporate 3D in such a way that it's not extremely noticeable that it used to be 3D when you're not watching it in 3D. Yeah, I remember, for example, watching the movie Rio, the um, Blue Sky movie, and I saw that in 3D, and I loved it, but then if you watch it not in 3D, it still works perfectly, because, mm-hmm. you know, they have those little gags for 3D, but, like, it's totally still, um, what's the word, not completely relying on the fact that this is 3D, you know, mm-hmm. while this mm-hmm. film was 100% relying on the fact oh, yeah. like, oh, 3D, you know. Um, maybe because it was the start of 3D, because this film, what, came out in 2009? I don't know exactly when mm-hmm. 3D started, but maybe they were like, we're going to do something special for people to come see this. Um, so maybe that was it. But, like, I totally agree with you. Like, people now are not watching 3D, and it yeah. really sucks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It It just, it made the film worse than it would have been without it. Like, yeah. even though I'm not a big fan of the motion capture faces, the way they turn out in the final animations, yeah, I think it still would have been a lot more enjoyable if they had not put in so many filler sequences just mm-hmm. for the fact that it's 3D. Yeah. Like, the movie wasn't a 
bad movie. It just, no. there was so many things that held it back from being a good movie. Yeah. I think also, um, completely agree with you, going to the Ghost of the Future, uh, that scene where, the, what was the lady that works with him that you said the name? I think it's Mrs. Dilber. At least that, that was one. Me. She's like pretty much saying all this stuff that how she stole all this stuff from him. And then when he comes back to reality, he's like, such a wonderful lady. It's like, why? I would fire that lady. It's like, <laughs> she's going to betray you. Like, excuse me? Like, I don't know. That part for me is like, why would he say all this nice stuff to her? I think it's the fact that technically what he was seeing was things that haven't happened yet and they will be changed. So I think the fact that the reason that she was stealing things from him was because she hated him and didn't care that he died. I think that since he is turning good, at least I would hope that she would be affected by that change and realize that he's not actually a horrible person and then have more respect for him after he's gone. So Mm -hmm. I think he's not upset about that because it didn't happen and he's going to make sure it didn't happen by changing his behavior in the future. Mm, Makes sense. Makes sense. But yes, um, what do you think of that final scene? His redemption. Um, which part? Like Just all of it. When he comes back and he's like helping people again, he's all happy. Um, did you, did you feel satisfied fun. by it? Did you, were you like, eh? It was one of those where he was getting into maybe a little too Jim Carrey, but mm-hmm. just going crazy. And I know there's precedent for that in other versions because sometimes versions like to really go into Scrooge going crazy with joy and happiness mm-hmm. and I think that was more of that in this one but it allowed Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey at, at some points I liked it but I, I just feel it wasn't climatic or I, I didn't feel satisfied by yeah it, it didn't all. feel super memorable it, not at all but a lot of the movie didn't feel super memorable <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, the ending matches the rest of the film pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we didn't talk much about Fred, which is voiced by, um, what is this guy's name? He's very famous. Carrie Colin Elwes. Firth. Carrie Elwes? No, no. Fred is voiced by Colin Firth. The guy from Mamma Mia. I thought it was Carrie Elwes. No, my problem was when I was listening to him, like all I could hear was the actor. and like I- Carrie Elwes play then? <laughs> IMDb. Because I know Carrie Elwes was in this, and I, for, I was thinking he was Fred. Let me see. Oh, so that's also another thing. It's like, in our version, um, Scrooge kind of dislikes Fred a lot because his sister died of childbirth while giving birth to Fred. So yeah. that's why, but in this one, it's not very clear why he hates him so much. I mean, I get it. He hates Christmas people in general, but like, it's not that, like he mentions that his sister died, but he had a child, but it doesn't say that she died because of the birth. I think that would have added a little. I think that that particular detail was from the 1951 version Mm -hmm. because that one, that version, according to Rachel has become kind of a classic because of the, weight that they gave to the story and i think that was one thing that they added 
to the story to give the story more weight was the fact that his sister died in childbirth mm-hmm. which is part of the reason that he does does not like fred because right. he loved his sister so much mm-hmm. i don't think that they put that in many other versions because it was from a specific version got in but i think that it would add a lot like I, I i can understand them not putting it in this one because this one they were aside from all the ridiculous 3d stuff they were trying to go for a straight directly from the book adaptation right i'm looking for the actor that's what i'm looking down yeah no calling Firth voiced fred okay who did carrie always play then Um, i know he was in this one i don't see it oh carrie yeah uh he played portly gentleman i think really that's it i think so i don't know why i thought he played fred then oh well whatever (laughs) I I know I read that Carrie Elwes was, he played against Jim Carrey when two Jim Carrey characters were in the same scene. Like, mm-hmm. play it once, like, if he was, if Jim Carrey was passed and Scrooge, one of them would be Scrooge and one of them would be passed, and then they'd do it again, and then they'd use the Jim Carrey performances. So maybe... From what I see in IMDb, it only says that Jim Carrey was Scrooge, but... You know, maybe they don't show the whole thing. So. Oh well, I read that on the Wikipedia page. Right. So. And the Wikipedia page would have more detail as to how the film. Is mm-hmm. Makes That's sense. weird that IMDb wouldn't credit him for more than. Yes. Yeah, like, so many characters. Maybe because there's not enough space. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. And yeah, those are my overall thoughts. I guess. <laughs> what do you rank this film? Uh, I don't know. Probably not very high. No. I maybe if if we're doing like ten stars, maybe a five, because like it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. I agree. I would give it also five. There's so much. There was so much potential if they had only just gotten rid of this whole 3D idea. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this one flopped, didn't it? I can't remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you don't hear people nowadays talking about it at all. No, yeah, it kind of was forgotten after it was released. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't look like it was a f- flop, but it didn't earn as much as Disney's mm-hmm. picture, big pictures usually get. It says it has a budget of one seventy five to two hundred million, mm-hmm. and it earned three hundred twenty five point three million. So, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a flop, but it wasn't a smashing success like disney likes yeah i'm just i think he was a very bad choice of director very bad choice of style and they should have done a musical (laughs) that's Mm. literally my my critique like it's such a timely story there is a huge um not demand but like a a a huge following of this story so Mm -hmm. there would be a lot of people if they went and saw it if they had the magic touch of disney because it this did not feel disney at all like i honestly until you told me it's like oh that's a jim carrey jim carrey that's the disney version like i didn't know that was disney at all because it doesn't feel like it no it doesn't feel like disney it just it feels like a mishmash of all sorts of different weird choices that Mm -hmm. some other animation studio would be trying like maybe sony in one of their weird Yeah, I don't know. It's it was a strange film. 
it, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. I agree. So we're not having a lot of luck with our Christmas movies. First, The Nutcracker was horrible. <laughs> oh, then we saw this one. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Somebody needs to like make a really good new version of Christmas Carol. I agree. I like. I think taking the script for your musical would be a great idea. I would love a musical version. Yay! <laughs> hey Disney, if you want to hire me, hello. <laughs> what What part do you play? Uh, I'm on the ensemble, so I play like five different things. Okay. So. Do you play any of the like main characters or? I um, play a monk. I play a panto person, which is kind of like a theater person. I play, um, there's this beautiful number in Christmas present called Abundance and Charity, where like story characters come to life. Uh, and I'm little red in that one. And then I, I am like a spirit to, um, to Scrooge during the Christmas scene, the Christmas present one. Uh, I guide him through the different um, houses and things like that. And yeah, and I'm also a maid during the festive week dance. So I'm like, okay. yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, sounds like a fun time. You get to be all sorts of different characters. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I think that's going to be all for this review. Um, okay. I guess we'll talk some other time. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well. Any relevant links will be in the description for easy access. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.